Welcome into another edition of the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Ozier coming off the bye week, headed into week 10. And the Jaguars at 6-2. and two. They've won five in a row. They'll host the San Francisco 49ers this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Let's start off with the big trade news at the deadline. Ezra Cleveland, the guard, comes in from the Vikings. Doug Peterson confirmed, Kai, on Monday that Walker Little is the starter. He wanted to be clear about it. Walker is the left guard on this team. He came out and said that obviously you don't want any infighting on the offensive line. Offensive line has been pretty good because they've been moving them all the parts around for quite some time, especially this year with all the injuries that they've been dealing with. But I think we all had talked about it. If you can get someone on the cheap and and they're giving up a late round draft pick for Cleveland to add some help on the line, that certainly isn't going to hurt them. And he has some versatility. He's a guard, but he can kind of play in multiple positions as well. So that's certainly something that they need help with on this team. So that was a good addition, in my opinion. Little is a tackle playing guard. I I think the long-term plan is to move him back to tackle, which means you're going to need guards. Um, Shatley's at the end of his career and is a free agent next year. And Brandon Sheriff has a $23 million cap figure, and he's at the end of his career, it would appear, as well. And You need bodies. And, and Cleveland's a former second-round pick, JP. Mm-hmm. Uh, talented guy and somebody that can play left or right. And I just got the sense, listening to Doug, that he's in their long-term plans. This is a move for today as well as tomorrow. Yeah, a little bit in that sense – different positions maybe like Ridley last year you bring him in uh with an eye on the future Ridley couldn't play last year I would say it's not exactly the same but you trade now with the idea of having something later I think it was important um I'm sure they did this last week important to tell Walker Little publicly and privately hey you're a left guard you fit into our plan because he's sort of been juggled a lot uh playing different positions really through no fault of his own he didn't play poorly at left tackle uh it's just that Cam Robinson is the left tackle, and it's hard to move Cam somewhere else. Um, he played well at left guard, deserves to be in the starting five, and I think for a keeping Walker Little around long term, keeping him part of it, keeping into it, it was important to make sure he said, hey, you're one of our guys. You earned this. He's, he brings depth, and it's interesting, JP, because you look at Cam Robinson's number next year. He's a, he's a $17.5 million cap savings, and you've got Walker a little bit you drafted. So maybe, don't know this for sure, and they, of course, wouldn't address it, maybe they're setting themselves up to be able to create the offensive line of the future next season. And Little is just, not Little, Cleveland is just getting ahead of that. Right, uh, and you know, every tackle who has been a tackle their whole career wants to be a tackle, you know. Uh, they so get paid a lot of money. It's got to be tough for him, and maybe he's swallowing a little bit of pride going inside, mm-hmm. but he's in the lineup, he's playing, he's contributing, and we'll see what the future holds. Last year, remember, they needed seven really good offensive linemen to do what they did. Yeah. If they had had one fewer last year, uh, those last three or four games might might have looked a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Um, might have looked a lot different. Uh now they're back to having that formula, even plus one, because you have Shatley and Cleveland behind uh, at guard. Shatley can move. To, you're very protected if something happens to you this and I, year. I think Shatley, it, we've seen some limitations from him over his career. He doesn't have long arms. He's not a tall guy. But I think in recent weeks, his mobility has been uh, somewhat of an issue. And when you look at him as your backup center, you're much more comfortable with him as the center than the guard. And this gives you a guy that you can make your third guard right away. But you have short arms, and you're a short guy too. But right? I also I mean, don't play professional football. That's true. That's 
True. Just a, just a thought. Uh, injuries. Uh, Zay Jones was the most notable one from Doug Peterson on Monday. He said all these other guys, Walker Little's good to go. Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco coming off their hamstrings. Little off his knee issue. But the Zay Jones one, Kai, just didn't sound great. He was not given any definitive answers. It's such a tough one, too. Obviously, we don't know anything officially, but it just seems discouraging. It's not at a point where every week we're like, yeah, he's getting closer and getting better. It kind of just feels very stagnant on that. And um, I think someone brought up the mention of IR. Doug didn't rule that out at this point. Um, and obviously with something lingering this long, that always gives you not a great feeling. And he's so crucial to this offense. It really just opens everything up when he's out there. So to hear that it's still not getting better after so many weeks, that's just not positive at this point. Mm-mm, not at all, John. Well, he, uh, unless you are carrying a lot of guys on IR, it's not that much of a hindrance to your roster to carry one guy on the inactive list. Unless you're two or three guys long-term inactive. It's not a big problem to have Zay inactive for three, four, five games, unless you start getting injuries in other areas and you need bodies, you need parts. So um, it sounds like it's sort of close whether he would be ready. It's four weeks you have to be out if you're on IR. So it sounds like it's going to be three or four-ish, and they're trying to figure out, do we go ahead and keep that roster spot for Zay? Uh, But it certainly – it. It hadn't sounded for a couple of weeks like he would be back for San Francisco. I'd be very, I'd be very surprised if it's not the Texans at this point. Well, I tell you, alarm bells went off for me when the week of the Steelers game, the word was he was going to get back on the practice field, mm-hmm. and, and he did. wasn't out there at all. That's, right. That's when I went, okay, this is much bigger. Not knowing exactly what the injury is, but it's less likely that we're going to see him anytime soon. And truthfully, though we'd all like to see the offense producing at a higher level. If you don't need to bring him back right now, don't rush it because he's such a valuable piece on third down. I look at their third down conversion rate, which is 35%, which is way below a high-performing offense, and I say he's a big reason why. His absence is a big reason why. There's no doubt about that. So now the question is, uh, now what? He's not there. We've seen it for a few weeks what they've tried to do, but is. Is that sustainable? What else can they find to open things up for the rest of the guys if if that's the least they can do on offense? Yeah, I, I'm not sure there is an answer to replace him because he's um, – I don't think Parker Washington, Tim Jones, Elijah Cooks, the two rookies aren't there yet. That's right. Um, and you can't just blink and force them to be there. So I think you've got to continue sort of doing what you do, which is keep working it, keep trying to find combinations in the red zone – um, I had somebody email me a few weeks ago. Well, how can you say Zay is so important? They have Christian Kirk. He's your possession guy. And But Zay matters because we all saw him matter the last eight games last season. Yeah. The play that uh, beat the Ravens. Uh, the play early this season that I put you on top against the Bills. He's a really good red zone guy. He's quick. Uh, everything's some his double move guy, but he's real athletic. He, he's good in the red zone. And not having him means you can do so much to take away the other guys. And that's probably the biggest thing. I'll, uh, I'll give you two things you could do. One is you could use Travis Etienne more, um, not necessarily as a runner, but as a receiver. We know that he's good in that capacity. In order to do that, you're going to need Tank Bigsby to come ready to play. And this is where you might expect he might be ready to play. Uh, and the other is Brenton Strange. We saw a little bit from him before the bye. And... He is a, uh, a gifted player, 
and a guy who looks like he might be ready to take another step. Again, you don't have Zay. It's not like they're going to replace Zay, but if you're looking for alternatives and different guys to scheme and personnel groups, packages, things like that, Bixby and Strange are two guys who could step up and help you and allow you to do different things. I think when I think about the offense being successful in the second half, a lot of it for me is Trevor having that time and feeling he has that time because – I mean, maybe he has been protected, but he doesn't necessarily always feel that way because you can feel he's choosing to run and he does well when he runs. And and I think that's great. But at certain points, it's, you know, if you give him a couple extra seconds to get open for some of the receivers, that might open things up differently because then they're able to throw the ball more. They're able to kind of get things moving a little bit faster. And I think that's something for the offense that they kind of need to get in a rhythm with as opposed to what they've been doing sometimes this season so far. And that's where I think you miss Zay. Absolutely. That how many times have we seen them hit quick timing? Yeah. Hit where Zay flashes open quickly or on a fade where you don't need the protection that much. That's where Zay really gives them uh, something they can rely on to get open quickly where they don't have to depend on the offensive line. Short of having Zay back, you need the offensive line to play better. Uh, yeah. Or protect better. Absolutely. Or have that the quarterback at least think that way. Have the confidence yeah. back. That you watched Joe Burrow the other night, and just his confidence in the pot. Guys are flying by him. Things are going it's on. Fine. Yeah. But he's always downfield. Go watch downfield. that Niners game again against yep. the Bengals. Yep. And the Niners have $202 million guaranteed in the three starters on their defensive line, and they were all over the pocket, and Burrow was absolutely – you couldn't make him nervous. That's Joey Baldwin. Quarterbacks could be that way this week. We'll come back in a moment and look ahead. Three of the next four here in Jacksonville, and this is Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. Final few moments as we head into week 10, and after this this what this long trek of five different stadiums in five weeks and four cities and seven time zones. Well, now three of the next four, Ty, are right here in Jacksonville in the friendly confines of Everbank Stadium. And it starts with San Francisco coming in for a one o'clock kickoff, a game we've been looking forward to for a long, long time. It's a different San Fran team. They've lost three in a row. I don't know how different they are, though. They're still the 49ers, and they can come play. And they're coming off a of bye week, too, right? So mm-hmm. that's going to help them just as much to have gotten healthier and, and get some of their guys back out there. We'll find out a little bit later on in the week who exactly will be back. But, I mean, this team is one of those teams that adjusts to whoever they have on the field so well to the point where you almost don't realize who's missing at certain points. You, you know, Obviously, we've seen them do it with quarterback. They don't care who the quarterback is. They're going to find a way to win. But... I mean, they're dangerous in so many aspects. Uh, it's hard to pin one down particularly, but obviously we, we've been circling this game for a while along with some of the other primetime ones, at games that we're looking forward to, measuring stick game and kind of seeing where this team is at. Um, Jaguars still probably not getting a ton of love in this one. I think they're underdogs for it as well. So that's common. It's going to come with the territory for, for Jacksonville, as we know. So, um, but I, I think it's just going to be a fun one to watch. I've said it before. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a guy that I always watched his team because the way he puts groups of players together to create mismatches, to dictate to a defense, the motion and the movement, he's really, really good. And then Doug Peterson shows up here last year, and I think I'm watching the same guy. So I think this is a matchup of two premier offensive minds in terms of design. And, and I'll never forget. You know, John, you recall this. We went out there in 2017 with that great defense. And they jumped out to a 16-0 lead. And Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, 
was their leading receiver that day. They used Matt Breida, uh, and they were throwing the ball laterally and confusing the Jaguars' defense, just creating mismatches and, and opportune plays. And I remember thinking, this guy gets it. Of course, you know his father was really good at that too. So I am really looking forward to Sunday because when you go back and watch, and I went back and watched the last three games for the Niners and the last three games for the Jaguars, you see lots of creativity and lots of aggressive offensive personality. And I think you're going to have two alphas, right, uh, on the sidelines, both trying to exert their will on two good defenses. Should be a fun matchup. Yeah, the Niners are in, are in, 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 in an interesting spot. Uh, first of all, my understanding is that uh, Samuel and, uh, and Williams will both play. Um, but from talking to people, it's not just the injuries as the reason that they've uh, struggled the last three games. They've turned the ball over more than they're used to. Uh, defenses have... The Browns, who beat them first, came up with sort of an approach that the 49ers so far have not really figured out. Uh, so they're in a spot. You lose three straight. Now you're coming to play Jacksonville on the road. You lose four straight. It, this is almost a desperate team coming in, which sounds weird for San Francisco because they were Well, they beat so the Cowboys 40-10 to 10 on Sunday Night Football. They looked like a juggernaut. Yeah, and, and their pass rush, although they look good on paper, has not been great. They added Chase Young. But they haven't really pressured the way they want. So they're um, – it's interesting. I mean, this could be a defining game for them. That makes them very dangerous. But they're not playing very well right now. They have 18 sacks. The Jaguars have 16. And they have $202 million guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And a guy named Nick Bosa, who we all have seen. Here's, here's the number. The Jaguars have turned the ball over eight times in five consecutive mm-hmm. wins. The Niners have turned it over seven times in three consecutive losses, six of those from the quarterback. So the quarterback, Brock Purdy, who last year looked like a revelation as Mr. Irrelevant leading a team deep into the playoffs, the quarterback, Purdy, has to take better care of the ball for the Niners to be able to be the Niners. Big ball game coming up Sunday. Standing room tickets being sold. Big broadcast crew as well. Joe Davis, Gerald Johnston, Pam Oliver on the sidelines for Fox Sports. And we'll hope that you're at the stadium as well. If not, join us for the Public Sailgate Show, 10 o'clock. We've got all our programming this week. Of course, uh, Jags AM Wednesday, Thursday. Um, huddle up Wednesday afternoon. we got Happy Hour Thursday and then the Doug Peterson Show. we got it all for you coming up. That's all for today, though. Brian Sexton, John Ozier, Kai Stevens, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Reporters. <laughs>